Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. In 1998, AGC of America initiated a Chapter of the Year Award. The Chapter of the Year Award is given annually to the AGC chapter across the United States who a panel of judges agree is the highest performing chapter in the country. In the year 2000, AGC of St. Louis achieved that award, and AGC of St. Louis achieved that award again in 2006. This year, in 2020, the newly combined AGC of St. Louis and AGC of Missouri chapter was given the AGC of America Chapter of the Year Award for the third time. AGC of Missouri is one of only three chapters in the United States that has ever won this award three times since 1998. We are very proud of that. The following podcast is a result of a presentation made by Chip Jones, 2019 Chairman of the Board, Becky Spurgeon, 2020 Chairman of the Board, and Scott Drury, our Chair-Elect for 2021. These three people discuss the contents of the submission for the award and give a good overview of all the services that were provided that helped AGC of Missouri earn this most prestigious AGC of America award. Chip was our chairman of the board during 2019. He's with Emory Sapp and Sons, based in Columbia, Missouri. And Chip's going to talk about the advocacy portion of our application. One of the things we do well is we have a legislative day where contractors come down to the Capitol every year and we go around and meet the heavy hitters of the legislators, the Speaker of the House, Senate Pro Tems, the Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and stuff like that. But it's a one and done a lot of times. And and we have a great staff, Denise and and Lynn, and and we have a presence at the Capitol through them and and our our lobbyists, lobbyists, thank you, and, and different things. But we were missing the connection with the with our legislators on a more personal note and we were roaming the halls there on legislative day and the lieutenant governor who's a great uh, transportation advocate mike kehoe saw us roaming three of us and invited us into his office and we were just having a chat and he was explaining some of the things that he's seen from other other groups and they had uh, ranchers at the couple times a month would come down and, and a group of them would come and wear their cowboy hats and different things like that and would make a presence and he was explaining that makes a big difference if you if you're president not the lobbyist there it carries a lot more weight and actually we got bumped when he invited us in there was two lobbyists sitting in his uh, lobby waiting to talk to him and he kind of put them off to the side because he would rather talk to us and that was very impactful to me and so I called Lynn up and I said, I think we need to do something, contractors, bi-monthly, a couple times a month or whatever. We get other contractors and we, we go down and meet with the local legislators and stuff like that. And 
him and Denise got together and worked it out. And uh, the first year it was a little slow to go, but we've had we had pretty good turnout. And this past year, the uh, highway group really took it to a whole new level before COVID, and uh, it was very impactful. I think, and if it had not been for COVID, I think we would have saw you know a lot of good things come out of that. Unfortunately, COVID hit. We'll, yeah, we'll regroup again, I think. This well, time. we call those our contractor speak-up days. Yes, and it was basically, what, four or five people? Uh, eight, I think we were averaging this year close to eight people going down. And you'd go and meet your local legislators. The group would go together, and they would bring in guys with hard hats and, and vests on, and you'd go around and meet your local le- legislators. And the one would, that was the uh, representative for that one individual, he would be the one that would speak. And then you just kind of went around the Capitol for that half a day or so and doing that. And it, was, it was a pretty good deal. Uh, I think the other thing we, we talked about is a strong pack. And as, as Glenn said, we were talking beforehand. And as, the older I get, the more I realize that having money in the coffer to uh, influence and, and get your point across to legislators is extremely important as well. And, we, you know, I think we have a really strong pack. Uh, I think the last three years we have averaged over $200,000 raised per year. And this year we're at 370000 So, Becky, you're doing a great job over there helping us uh, this year. I wish I could take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think we have a strong group that really understands the importance of all this. And uh, finally, the, uh, I forget what Legislative last, calls. Legislative calls, exactly. So something they started, we started a couple of years ago having a monthly call-in where Denise, our governmental affairs lady for the AGC and our GAP committee and Lynn would get on and explain things locally and on the state level that was going around along. And I think Lynn would weigh in on the national news right. as well. And just contractors should call in and get an update that way rather than being bombarded all the time with emails. It was their opportunity to call in, ask questions and, and kind of hear what was going on. So I think those three things really bolstered what we're doing on the state level and really, really proud of what the organization is doing in that regards. I think one of the things that I picked up uh, in in terms of our PAC, uh, a couple of years ago, our PAC adopted a policy of taking 10%, 10 cents of every dollar that comes in and putting it into a reserve fund. And I learned that, those of you who remember Henry Haygood from AGC of Alabama, that was a policy that he put in place. And while we're able to contribute significantly, as that reserve amount continues to grow and the legislators see the reports to the Ethics Commission of how much is in our pack, we're in a position of saying no, not because we don't have the funds, but because we don't agree with them. And we... We have the dollars, but disagree with their approach, and that sends an entirely different message. Uh, puts us in, in a little bit better spot there. And on these on these legislative calls, we've had as many as seventy or eighty people calling in, depending on what the topics are. And that, as hard as it is to believe, for the chapter execs and the folks on this call, our members do not read every legislative update <laughs> that we send out. And sometimes a verbal approach does uh, work a little bit, work a little bit better. We're able to ask questions and then any concerns we have, rather than doing it through an email or a text or whatever. So yeah, it helps. So the the second part of our so that was sort of the advocacy part of our application. Uh, the second piece of it really had to do with our workforce and membership. 
in a lot of different regards. So uh, Becky has really been involved in that. So Becky, if you could talk a little bit about uh, the membership and workforce and inclusion and those sort of things, that would be sure. Sure, thank you, Lynn. Um, as a GC member, workforce recruitment is always top of mind, as I'm sure it is for many of you. And in fact, it was um, it's at the heart of what we do at AGC of Missouri, and it's one of the top three uh, goals in our strategic plan for the last three years. Uh, we continue to work for, to expand our workforce development and training activities, and the AGC has had some good success with educational institutions around the state. Uh, uh, to accelerate construction training and we have more than doubled the number of student chapters that we have in the state and I'm pleased to say that our membership has really stepped up and as our student chapters have increased their involvement has also increased whether it be you know supporting um, a networking event or as being a speaker or doing a job site tour our membership has really stepped up and they're there we continue to increase our very important scholarship activities Combined effort of the Education Foundation, the YEC, and the CLC, we were able to award over $50,000 in scholarships last year. I think that's pretty exciting. We also uh, initiated the Build Your Future website. The premise of the website is to inform, provide uh, opportunities, and also to um, get people excited about the potential for careers in construction, and hopefully to maybe negate some of the negative perception that's out there about our, our industry. The construction industry offers wonderful opportunity for people that maybe don't want to do the four-year college route. There are a lot of great things that you can do out there. In addition to also kind of bolster that, we establish our Construction Career Center. We have a, uh, a former social worker on staff, and again, it's just they're there as another tool to help potential candidates navigate our industry. We were very honored and proud to be awarded the Workforce Development Award by the AGC last year. In addition to that, we were also awarded the Diversity and Inclusion Award. And as a woman president of a minority-owned business, that really resonates with me that the AGC Missouri takes that so seriously and they have, have such a focus on diversity and inclusion. Uh, in fact, I think our chapter was one of the first, if not the first, to have a dedicated diversity specialist on board. We've seen that in our numbers. Uh, the percent of diverse members, I think, were up to maybe 14, 15 percent, and we've got some pretty strong goals of increasing that by over 25 percent. Uh, membership as a whole uh, has been on the rise. Uh, last year alone, we added 55 new members. So the association has done a lot of good work. Very proud of it. I think also, Becky, on our workforce uh, issue last year, our student chapter in uh, Rolla, Missouri, Missouri Science and Technology, the person who's running our student chapter there was awarded the uh, Outstanding Educator Award by the AGC of America Education right. Foundation. Yes. So it was a it was a good year in terms of uh, workforce in that regard. Also, great recognition. Yes. So we talked about the PAC and the advocacy. We talked about the workforce and inclusion. Scott Furry is 
coming in next year. And Scott's going to talk a little bit about our safety program and our suicide prevention effort, which really was a very unique thing that just sort of bubbled up early in the year last year. Sure. Thank you, Lane. Our safety program kind of starts with two safety committees, one in the building side of it and the other on the heavy highway side. And these committees are comprised of safety professionals throughout the state, and they they meet on a monthly basis and discuss industry issues and and policy. And uh, it's it's always, as I understand, very good open dialogue. AGC Missouri has a partnership with OSHA through uh, St. Louis and Kansas City regional offices there. And providing that, it's not that just because you're an AGC of Missouri member that you're automatically in that partnership. You have to you have to go through a, a third party, an ind- independent safety consultant, and it's, it has to be considered by the, the steering committee. So it's a it's a good good way to keep keep us honest and keep a good open dialogue with uh, that regulatory agency. Uh, through our website, we have links that you can have. Online OSHA 10, OSHA 30, Haswhopper, OSHA 40, and supervisory training as provided. AGC Missouri, as, as probably other safety programs, provide written safety and health programs, safety policies, hazard communication programs, toolbox talks, and also something called on-site health and safety. AGC of Missouri guaranteed this company on-site health and safety to enter into the Missouri construction market. Without that guaranteed funding, this group would not have initiated this this service to our members. After providing a financial guarantee, this program took off very successfully and never needed that seed money that was provided by AGC of Missouri. What they were able to do is hire two former EMS providers, each with a mobile van, to provide immediate medical treatment at job sites for certain types of injuries. So this allows for faster treatment of injured workers and reductions in recordable incidents for our contractors. So it was a win-win for many sides of that coin with providing that, that service. So one of the most important issues that has come about is, is suicide awareness. We initiated a suicide prevention program aimed at craft workers in the construction industry after after this issue was brought to the attention of safety committees. In addition to AGC, AGC of Missouri funding, members contributed over $6,000 specifically for the purchase of 20,000 suicide prevention message, poker chips, hard hat stickers, posters, electronic media postings, just to get the word out across the state. We had two suicide stand-down events in the St. Louis area alone, and were, were attended by over 1,100 craft workers. And if you go on our website, you can see on the, on the safety tab, there is a plethora of resources and information specifically about suicide prevention and understanding uh, the difference between mental health and mental illness. There's apps to be downloaded. There's just a lot of resources about managing stress uh, it's from the worker's side of it, from the employer's side of it, and lots of things to be checked out there. I encourage everyone to go onto AGC Missouri website and look at the resources that are, are provided to the, to the industry. It's really an amazing service that's being provided out there. 
Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Appreciate it. Two things I guess I'd like to say from the uh, staffing perspective is, first of all, all the things that we talked about, advocacy, workforce, membership growth, those are basically the three components of our strategic plan. Advocacy, not necessarily doing more, but making our members and the legislators more aware of what we were doing. That's part of the reason we started our podcast last year also, was to get the word out. It's why we started the contractor calls for our members, is looking for new ways to communicate and get the word out to our folks rather than an email or uh, whatever, you know, written materials we could do. Look for some other media to communicate that. On the, on the workforce, the second part of our strategic plan, it had to do with building the student chapters and those things. And the third part of the strategic plan was really membership growth. And Becky mentioned the 55 new members. So that sort of is the first part of what I focus on as a chapter executive is making sure that we continue, that the leadership continues to stay focused on the strategic plan. That being said, the contractor speak up days were not in our strategic plan. That was something that Chip picked up in meeting with the Lieutenant Governor and it was in response to a member need that we put those in place. The uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, that's something that when we see what's going on in the world around us today, we'd be silly not to be addressing that aggressively, seeking the awards. Our, our current uh, diversity and inclusion VP just won an award from uh, our St. Louis Business Journal as one of the 20 most effective people in the St. Louis community for uh, effectiveness in building diversity. Talk about the suicide prevention. That was not in our strategic plan, but a member from a big company came to us because a person who was very close to him did commit suicide. And when he started digging into it, it looked he looked at just how severe this problem is in our industry and uh, not only industry-wide, but specifically in Missouri, uh, that in Missouri, the uh, suicide rate among craft workers was really, when you looked at all the industries, relatively high. So we needed to address that aggressively. So it was a combination of staying focused on a strategic plan without being so rigid that some of these other things that come up periodically can come into the plan and come into what we can do. I think the responsiveness of the staff to be able to adapt there has been effective. We've been growing into some other areas of the state. We've added a couple of field, uh, regional field reps to be able to go out and preach the message a little more face-to-face despite the COVID. I mean, we've had to make more appointments. You just can't walk into people's offices these days. It's been a little more of an uh, appointment-only type world that we're living in. People ask me, well, what was the thing that got you the chapter of the year? Was there one big deal? 
My answer is no, there's no one big deal. It was, as you heard from Chip and Becky and Scott, it was really overall effectiveness in every department. Having all the pistons working together, all the cylinders hitting in some sort of synchronized manner that we could deliver across the board. I think if we were trying to rely on hitting one home run, that wasn't gonna work. If we, we had to hit a lot of singles and uh, play a lot of small ball to make sure that we got the job done. And I think that that proved to be effective, I guess, or we wouldn't be sitting here today. The, the main thing was if we could have the ideas, but you got to have the staff that could actually pull it through. And, and we have a great staff at the EDC of Missouri. And we thank you guys for all the work you guys do. You guys are really amazing at what you guys can accomplish. It, it's, it's truly, truly testament to why we're here, I think. Absolutely. I have to second that, without a doubt. Um, just the adaptability and the resiliency of the leadership and the staff, it's been amazing. Scott, you're getting ready to sit in a chair. What, what are you going to top this? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's going to just be on autopilot, quite honestly. You know, things are, there's been a lot accomplished in the last couple of years, and uh, I'm sure we'll have our challenges going forward. We have a strategic planning session coming up here and it'll be interesting to go through that process again and being involved in past planning sessions uh, I've always in, enjoyed that and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that that session to see what what direction we take the organization and and uh, what different ideas are floating around out there so I'm, I'm looking forward to that kind of Becky any closing comments as our uh, current chair just congratulations to you and the staff again on a job well done. And to my board members, congratulations and thank you. Sure. I, I agree with her 100%. Thank you very much. <laughs> I want a recording of that. <laughs> I agree with her 100%. <laughs> thank you all for your uh, presentation. And I just want to, you know, on behalf of AGC of America, congratulate AGC of Missouri on the award. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.